0: Welcome to the Jesus Calling Podcast. Today, we speak with Dr. Meg Meeker, the author of Hero, Being the Strong Father Your Children Need. Dr. Meeker is a pediatrician, a mother, and has become a leading authority on parenting, teens, and children's health, having appeared on The Today Show, Dateline, The Laura Ingram Show, and more. Dr. Meg gives us insight into the special relationship between a father and his child and encourages those who are striving to be good fathers and those who are making peace with the way they were fathered.
1: My name is Meg Meeker. I'm a pediatrician. I live in northern Michigan, and I've been practicing almost 30 years. I love my job. I'm a grandmother. I have uh, four young grandkids and uh, four adult children of my own. And I learned many years ago that if I were going to take good care of kids, I had to take good care of their parents. So a lot of my work is directed towards parents, encouraging mothers and fathers to um, I find a lot of mothers and fathers don't feel very good about the job they're doing. So a lot of what I do is write to parents. I grew up outside of Boston. And if you would have told me as a college student that I was going to live in northern Michigan, I would have said you're crazy. Because, you know, New Englanders like New England, particularly the old school New Englanders. You know, I grew up in a little town called Concord, Mass, and it's very historic. And people took a lot of pride in the history there—Louisa May Alcott and um, Ralph Waldo Emerson, the old North Bridge. And I can remember a point in time when I did decide I wanted to go to medical school. My father was a physician; he was a pathologist. Interestingly, he never told me to go to medical school or pushed me, Um, and. I would go during the summer with him to his work, and I would just do whatever I could around the office, which in a pathology office, there isn't much. But he had a friend who is an orthopedic surgeon who said, hey, you can come with me and just you know, follow me around. You can go into the operating room if you want. And I just thought that was the best thing in the whole world. So I decided when I was 16, that is what I wanted to do. And I became singularly focused on medical school and from the time I was 16 on and, you know, there was no turning back, so it, it really was an epiphany. My first round of applications to medical school, I was um, rejected, all of my applications, and I really thought, okay, my life is over, I have no plan B. And my father, at that time, I heard him talking to a friend on the phone. I went back home to to live at home because I had nowhere else to go. Went out for a jog to clear my mind. I came back home and I heard my father talking to someone on the phone in his study. And I stopped and listened. I overheard him say, oh yeah, my daughter Meg will be going to medical school in the next year or two. And I was stunned. I thought, "You know, what does he know that I don't know? And when I heard my father's confidence in me that I was going to be able to make it, I just can't tell you how much it changed me. And I thought, wow, if he believes in me, I really am going to go. And of course, so I did. Many times during my medical school career, I felt very much like a failure because it's part of the medical system, at least then in the 80s, was to sort of pound you down to make you pull yourself up again. And for somebody like me who was very sensitive, you know, I would get pounded down pretty hard. Um, But I met my husband and he's a huge advocate. He helped me. He was a couple of years older and he just said, he just refused to let me quit and said, nope, nope, nope. Get back up and, and go. My husband and I were married in medical school, and we actually had a child in medical school. I was just one of those crazy people determined to have my family and keep on going. And as I said, I had a very, very supportive husband. When I was going to do my residency, I wanted to go to Boston. He wanted to stay in Ohio, and I filled out my application, and I put, All my top choices were Boston. I was going to mail the letter. And right before I put my letter in the mailbox, for some odd reason, I believe it was God, I scratched out Mass General Hospital and I put a hospital in Milwaukee and put it in the mailbox. And I thought, what overcame me? It's, It's like my hand wasn't my own when I was writing. We ended up going to Milwaukee. And within a month or two of living there, we joined a church, uh, Stuart and Joe Briscoe's church. And I remember sitting there listening to them talking and explaining scripture and explaining a relationship with God and explaining who God was, which I really hadn't heard of in New England. And I was overcome with the sense that, wow, you know, maybe... Maybe the work that I have to do is much bigger than me. Maybe it's not just about what do I want at this point in my life. Maybe there's a greater purpose to my life. And really, it was during my first year in Milwaukee that my life really transformed and I let God take over. It's really like our eyes were opened, his eyes and my eyes, at the very same time when we lived in Milwaukee that first year. My husband was enthralled with the Lord, and, and he just really sort of fell in love with Christ or Jesus, if I can just say it very Plainly, And he decided that his job during that period of time was to uh, stay home and take care of our daughter and support me as I finished my residency training. That's huge because my husband grew up in a family with a s- full-time stay-at-home mom, three sisters, and no brothers. And this was a huge transformation for him. And I thought, wow, you know, this God stuff must be real, if this husband of mine, who is very stubborn and very driven, is changing his whole life to support and help me, and of course, the more he supported and helped me, the more I was enthralled with the God that he loved. So, I began studying scripture, and um, and I began to realize, gee, was my my work at the hospital. Was so much bigger than I. And then when I started reading Jesus Calling, I loved it. And interestingly, my sister in law died a couple years ago of uh, cancer, and she's my age. And during her illness, all during her illness, she read Jesus Calling. And it's really as though during her worst days, you know, we would text back and forth what Jesus Calling said that day. It, it felt as though the words on the pages that were are really eternal words spoke to her that moment of that day and I really saw the power in the encouragement it gave her and gave me too in sustaining her in her last days of life and giving her the hope that she was marching closer and closer to him and that when she died it was just to a, take a step you know over the bridge and and there she'd be so I, I do it's meant a lot to me personally and I've given a lot of copies out because I think Even to people who have never read scripture or don't know who Christ is, you know, it speaks to them and they love that there's a simplicity and a beauty in it that doesn't take a biblical scholar to understand and receive.
0: We'll be right back with more from our interview with Dr. Meg Meeker after this brief message. As a special offer to you, the listeners of the Jesus Calling podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Find your favorite Sarah Young titles, including Jesus Calling and Jesus Always, in an audiobook version, and get it for free by trying audible.com. Check out a small sample of the Jesus Calling audiobook featured at the end of this podcast. To download an entire free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash jesuscalling. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash jesuscalling for your free, full audiobook. Now, back to our interview with Dr. Meg Meeker.
1: I wish I could tell you that in prayer, God said to me, write about fathers, and I heard this voice, and I started writing about fathers, but it really didn't happen that way. I know I need to encourage parents. My father really was a huge support to me. And my husband's wonderful with our daughters. And I realized that, you know, in our culture in television and movies and sitcoms, it really demeans fathers. So then I realized, wow, these guys are really hurting. And then I went and I did research on the effects that fathers have on their kids. And I found there's this enormous disconnect between you know, how necessary fathers are in their children's lives as far as developing strong characters, self-esteem, doing well in school, um, and success in life, and how fathers are treated in in the culture. And so I thought, wait a minute, I've got to try to do something about it. So I wrote Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters. And the interesting thing is, My father was a great man. He would not say he was a great father. He was very shy. He was very introverted and very quiet. But I think he got the big stuff right. And that's what I try to tell fathers. You know, kids will forgive a lot of your mistakes if they know you're trying and you just get the big things right. And there were moments in my life growing up where my father's influence or something he said changed the course of my life. For instance, when I overheard him telling a friend I was going to be going to medical school and I had just gotten all these rejections, I thought, you know, this man that I revere so much believes this is going to happen, it will happen. It really, it started with that book and it just grew and then literally phone calls came to my house, you know, like the phone call from the NFL. Um, will you teach our men, will you help our men? Many didn't have fathers and they had really no framework of reference for how to be a good dad or what to say or what to do or even a picture of what it, what it looks like to sit down and eat dinner with your kids. And I sat down and after about an hour I said, you know, I really appreciate your interest. Um, really know you need help, but I'm the wrong person for you. I'm female. I'm middle-aged. And they said, no, you're exactly what we need because many of the men who grew up without fathers don't relate to fathers. The one person they listen to is their mother. And guess what? You're about their mother's age. (laughs) So I said, oh, and I got it. And I will tell you that the men I've worked with, I have come to really love because There's a different side, there's a different side, you know, part of them hates being looked at as money machines. They hate being looked at as only brawny men who go out and bang into people and throw footballs. There's so much more to them. And I will tell you when they start talking about being a dad or they start talking about their mothers they can't stop talking because they come to life, but nobody asks them about anything but football and how much money they make. And so I think the fact that I don't know how the game is played, I don't care about their role there, um, that that it really was very, very refreshing. And um, so many of them are tremendous. Ben Watson, for instance, has just had a new book come out and Tremendous guy, David Tyree, who caught the ball on his head for the uh, New York Giants and helped win the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Wonderful, wonderful men who have hearts that are just so soft and open and tender towards the Lord. So I think God has a great sense of humor calling a middle-aged woman into this pro-father space because it's very peculiar, I think. But I think what it is, is that I get children. And so I can pull men into a perspective and a place where they've never been taken before, which is, you know, from their children, seeing themselves from their children's vantage point. And I think that's maybe why God has chosen me for this job. I have a book coming out called "Hero: Being the Strong Father Your Children Need." Most fathers do not feel like their children's heroes. I wanted to bring Jesus in there. Um, I wanted to again, I shown fathers who they are from their children's perspective. I wanted fathers to see who they are through Christ's perspective and to see the the big purpose and the big call on their lives to be not just uh, good men, to be but to be great dads. I think really the, the main purpose of Hero is sort of painting a very broad picture of who dads are to their sons, how their sons see them, what their sons want, what their sons need, what daughters want and need. You have already today everything you need to be a great dad, but you need to listen to your heart and you need to listen to your guts and you need to be courageous enough to parent very differently than your friends are parenting. So don't listen to your friends, Just parent according to your gut. Keep it simple and you'll get it right. Where God does his best work is in the healing of the child who never got what they wanted from their dad. Here's what I would say to every woman and every man in particular who had a bad experience as a father, either abandoned, abused, um, maligned, put down, whatever. A child is born with needs from their father. And they need intimacy, they need to trust, they need love. And if those needs, those fundamental needs aren't met or aren't given to them, a child then grows up to hate himself because he had those needs. Now, that's a complicated psychological process, but what ends up happening is you turn against yourself, you end up disliking who you are. And sometimes it's very subconscious, and sometimes you don't even recognize that's what's going on, but you live with a sense of self-hatred. And the self-hatred comes because you had needs, the needs weren't met, and rather than blaming the person i.e. dad who didn't meet those needs because you're a child and you're so self-focused you blame yourself for having the need so that's where the self-contempt comes from go back and recognize what you wanted see what was given in place of that need forgive that person that maybe you never even knew or you did know who hurt you. And then and only then can you heal enough to turn and face God the Father who is nothing like that. Because you can't be open to receive the goodness of God until you've healed from the pain of a father. That's very important for every person to do because God wants to step into that place. Jesus wants to step into that place.
0: To find out more about Dr. Meg Meeker's book, Hero, Being the Strong Father Your Children Need, please visit MegMeekerMD.com. Next time on the Jesus Calling Podcast, we visit with legendary gospel singer C.C. Winans. C.C. has sold over 12 million records worldwide and won 10 Grammy Awards. She is the best-selling female gospel artist of all time as of 2015. Cece talks about taking a break from music to start a church with her husband, and how she faced a series of answers to God's call in her life. Lord, I just want to be where you want me to be. If it's if it's on stage, great. If it's at, in, in, at my local church, you know, making disciples, awesome. The thing that works for me and the thing that works for everybody to me is um, you got to keep your relationship with the Lord Jesus first. So my relationship with Him, He gives me the wisdom I need. He, He brings the right people into my life to help me in different areas. And so that's my number one advice for everybody. What is your relationship with Him? Today's featured passage comes from the July 6th entry of the Jesus Calling Audiobook.
2: I am your Father God. Listen to me. Learn what it means to be a child of the everlasting King. Your richest duty is devotion to me. This duty is such a joyous privilege that it feels like a luxury. You tend to feel guilty about pushing back the boundaries of your life to make space for time alone with me. The world is waiting to squeeze you into its mold and to crowd out time devoted to me. The ways of the world have also warped your conscience, which punishes you for doing the very thing that pleases me most, seeking my face. Listen to me above the clamor of voices, trying to distract you. Ask my spirit to control your mind, for he and I work in perfect harmony. Be still and attentive in my presence. You are on holy ground.
0: Hear more great stories about the impact Jesus Calling is having all over the world. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Calling podcast on iTunes. We value your reviews and comments so we can reach even more people with the message of Jesus Calling. And if you have your own story to share, we'd love to hear from you. Visit JesusCalling.com to share your story today.